Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I am your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I sit down with Elise Baker, and we discuss how dance transformed her life. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. All right, so a little background on Elise. Elise Baker is a woman whose personality is as contagious and charismatic as her enthusiasm for fitness and dance. With celebrity devotees, including Leanne Rimes, and as the creator of Dance Fitness Program, Dancerate, Elise Baker is one of the most sought-after fitness and dance instructors in America, and she's been a recent cover girl for American Fitness Magazine. Her dance-inspired fitness videos will shake up any workout and burn major calories. She's based in LA, and she travels the world showing people the power of expressing themselves through dance movement, and has worked with some of the biggest brands in the fitness industry, like Weight Watchers, Reebok, just to name a few. Elise's programs have caught the media's attention, where she has been featured on Extra, Fox's Everyday Denver, Access Hollywood, CBS, Talk Philly, and in U.S. Weekly, Self Magazine, and Shape.com. Never one to stand still for too long, Elise has developed and branded a line of women's tank tops and tees based upon her favorite sayings while teaching, like, you'll thank me later, and leave it all on the dance floor. With a passion to help anybody, that comes to me, and praise as a trainer like no other. You can connect with Elise socially over at elisebaker.com. So Elise uh, was such a pleasure to talk to. She is my second person that I've had on that is passionate about dance. The first was Tara Romano. And um, she is such a fun person. Like she's a woman who knows what she wants and went after it. So I cannot wait for you guys to um, hear Elise's story and how she got where she is in her life. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. Today, I have Elise Baker with me. So I'm going to kind of throw it over to you, Elise, and tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you got into fitness. Sure. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm super excited to be on your podcast. So thanks for having me, first of all. Um, so a little bit about me. I, am, I work in the dance and fitness industry, and I've been dancing pretty much all my life. I started when I was three years old and fell in love with it from the get-go. It really has been through my whole journey, and I moved out to Los Angeles about 13 years ago, which is where I'm at now still, and I was auditioning and choreographing and working for a lot of amazing artists and TV and film and um, different dance jobs, and um, I kind of felt, fell into fitness in a way. Like, I'd always been very active as a kid, um, but I got sent on a couple auditions that were for, like, fit television and exercise TV and met a bunch of people in the fitness industry, and... Um, just fell in love with it. I got connected to a couple women who are um, still in the industry and they had been dancers back in their time. They're older than me. Um, and they gave me a lot of advice and I kind of, I kind of was like really intrigued by the fitness industry because it was at the time when Zumba was becoming popular and all the dance TV reality shows were on and, you know, everybody from you know, your stay-at-home mom to your baby boomer to I feel like anybody that really was in the gym wanted to learn how to dance. So mm-hmm. I kind of felt like there was a need for it. And um, I felt that I, that was my calling. I was booking a lot of work in the fitness industry, whether it was just in fitness, but also with dance. So I kind of fell into it that way. And then I created my own program. And um, it's funny because I feel like things happen for a reason. And I still work in the dance industry, but I work more in the dance fitness world um, than I did than I do in the dance world now, like I did when I first moved out here. And I love it. Like I just love the fact that basically I change people's lives through dance. And out of that, they get fit and they feel great about themselves and they um, relieve stress and feel empowered. And 
you escape pretty much all the worries of the day. So it's really awesome. That's so cool. Do you have like a favorite style of dance then that's kind of your own? Yeah. I mean, I've always been pretty much a jazz dancer mm. and hip hop, but I feel like lyrical dance, which is more of that slow jazz, more contemporary is my way of really releasing my stress and showing who I am. It just, I connect with it so much and um, it just feels so great from head to toe. So yeah, I love lyrical dance. So then I know that you're also, you know, passionate about kind of in the fitness industry, working with accountability and goals. So since it is kind of, you know, we're still in that first quarter of the new year, how would you recommend holding yourself accountable to reaching their goals, whatever they might've set out back in January? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, I actually love this question and I feel like, of course, like you just said, this is the time of year, it's a new year. Um, what I don't like about this time of year is that everybody has that, you know, new year's resolution. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we could get rid of that saying, what's your new year's resolution for good, it would benefit people because I think what people need to set out for themselves at the top of the new year is to always challenge themselves to be a better version of themselves to actually say to themselves, okay, well this past year, this is everything that I accomplished and this is what it did for me. And now this year, this is what I want to achieve and this is how I want to better myself. Um, so I always tell people in the beginning of a new year to really just like sit down and put yourself in a, you know, a safe place where you feel like you can really connect with yourself and there's nothing else going on and it's, it's just your time. And whether it's, whether you jot down things on a computer or it's a notebook or it's literally just using your mind and really just connecting with how you feel inside, listening to your gut, um, listening to the voices that are going off in your head saying, okay, this is what I want to do. And then I like, I mean, for me, it really helps to put something on paper and then see it. And I find that with a lot of my clientele and students, they're the same way. Um, so I always, you know, really challenge people to write those things down that you, you know, you just really felt and, and thought of, and then commit to it, schedule it, commit to it, um, try something new maybe, or maybe go a little bit beyond what you did in the workout you did last year, whether it's maybe you were a person that did three times a week, 20 minutes of cardio, maybe this year you do 25 to 30. So like, I almost want to say baby steps, but when I mean baby steps is just taking what you actually do and then stepping it up, if that makes sense. Mm. That, yeah. And I love that the, you know, kind of the commit to it, you know, comes with the scheduling. Cause I think sometimes, you know, if we don't write things down and we don't actually schedule it, then we're kind of like, Oh, what was that thing that I said I was going to do exactly. a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. And then you completely are like, Oh shoot, I lost me. And then you just don't make time for it. You know, if you remember it and you're like, I don't have time. And then that kind of excuse starts to pull in. Is there anything that you do for people maybe who have already kind of fallen off the wagon and they're like, but I really want that. Like maybe they need to shift gears or what would you kind of tell them about? Like, I thought I really wanted that, but maybe I don't. Um, feeling. So, I mean, I think when, when people voice that they want to make this change and then they re realize that they don't really want to make that change, I basically bring that person back and say, okay, well maybe you need to take the time again, to just figure out what do you really want? And it's okay if you don't know in this moment, um, and I just, I mean, I really suggest to people to try when it comes to fitness, just try different things because, you know, not everyone's going to love dance and not everyone's going to love cycling. Um, so everybody has to do what's best for them. So I just, you know, I tell people that it's, it's not this thing that not this thing where you're 
you know, you have to make that decision right then and there. It's just, you have to commit to it. So committing is obviously the first step and then you got to show up for it. So once you commit, then you got to try it and show up. And if you try it and you don't like it, then you got to commit to figuring out something different and then showing up again. Mm. So, I mean, I think it's a kind of ongoing battle. And I think, you know, the reason why I go back to saying scheduling is, you know, I think it doesn't matter what's going on in the world or what's going on in people's lives. People use the excuse of I'm so busy or I've got this or I've got that. And it's just that excuse to just say, I'm not going to do that today. And especially when it comes to the fitness industry, there is so much offer nowadays. It's like, it's, I, I like to tell people that the industry is so saturated. Like there, you can't give me the excuse that you don't like this or that because there's so much. I mean, you can go paddle boarding and get a great workout, for example. And time-wise, you can literally get up and, and just shake and move in your living room for 10 minutes. And at least you did something like it's not 10 minutes is something it's better than nothing at all. Mm -hmm. So I, I really, I, I put that too in people's ears and, and, and minds a lot because I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm very much that cheerleader, motivator, high energy type of person. Um, I'm not one of those instructors that is a, like, yes, I can get the job done by giving you like a hardcore workup, workout, of course, but I'm not like that mean drill sergeant. Mm -hmm. um, I've got that fun loving personality, but I also, there's a place for me to be a little firm because I don't, I just don't like those excuses of, I don't have time because we have time. Like it takes 30 seconds to pick up the phone and call your friend. You could take 30 seconds to figure out what you're going to do for a workout. Mm. So, yes. No, I think that's a huge one in the fitness industry is that excuses. Yeah. Um, like I just had a gal who I just finished training and it was my first session with her and she had told me, she was like, oh, you know, I'm just having, you know, and she happened to be, have breast cancer at one point in her life. And, you know, it's been 20 years since she's worked out. And she's like, oh, it's a little tight. She's like, but honestly, this is just an excuse. I've been using this excuse for 20 years. And I'm like, I'm going to honor that you just are that self-aware that yeah. you're like, I know this is an excuse. Like, that's just what I've been telling myself, but I wasted 20 years telling myself the same excuse. That's so, great like, that she recognizes it. Oh, yeah. So when someone kind of gets to that point, those are the kind of, okay, I finally might've pushed through whatever block might've been kind of having you stuck with, I know I want to do this, but this is my excuse. Right. Have you had any like experience with that as well in your life with any other dancers that you might've met? Um, I want to, let me think back. I mean, when it comes to like dancers, it's so funny because dancers are athletes. And when you look at the professional dance world, a lot of people don't actually work out on top of their rehearsals and their dance classes, which mm. so when you find a dancer in a fitness class for maybe the first or second time, they're, they're pretty wiped out because it's a totally different way of working out. Um, but then you have those dancers that are extremely fit and they do both. They dance and they train. I mean, that was the way I was, was, was the way I was raised is, I mean, I danced, I was in the studio like three to five times a week. And I also worked out. I mean, it just was, we learned a lot about the fact that you have to sculpt your body and do certain things besides dancing. Um, but then on the flip side, when you have the fitness person in a dance class, um, especially the way I structured my program, Dance Cinerate, it's choreography based. So it's got that anaerobic feeling where it's mm -hmm. not constant cardio and people are like, Oh my God, you're killing me. Like what is going on? And it's like, you know, dancing on a choreography level, um, anaerobically, it's more of like an interval base where we go, go, go. And then, okay, we learn a little bit more moves and then we go, go, go. So it's interesting when you take the dance fitness person compared to the, the dancer 
if that makes, I think yeah. Like, yeah. No, that so, makes sense. That yeah. is, it's kind of a different school of thought. And that's where I was just speaking to someone else, kind of similar, but like a yoga person and to someone who's weightlifting and how that goes, like maybe weightlifters would tend to yoga before yoga people will tend to want to weightlift. So that kind of is the same type of carryover. Like it's a little different, similar, right. but different. Right. And I, it's funny you bring up yoga. Like I was just having a conversation with one of my friends about yoga and I said, you know, I feel like I really need yoga in my life. I'm not a huge fan of yoga um, for me personally, mm-hmm. but I feel like I need to stretch my body out I more and I need to stop my mind from going so fast. And I, that's one thing I want to bring in a lot for myself this year. So she told me about a yoga class. She's like, I feel like it's going to be so easy for you, blah, blah, blah. And I've done yoga before. I'm like, okay, I feel like my butt's going to get kicked, but Hey, let's do it. Let's meet next last, like, let's meet on a Sunday. Let's go. So last Sunday I went with her. I like my butt was kicked. Like I, (laughs) I was dying. Like it felt so good in the moment. And I was so happy that I like, I did what I said I was going to do, what I committed to. The instructor was great. It was a fun class. It, it went by the snap of the fingers. And afterwards I felt like I came home to my husband and he goes, how was it? And I said, I I, like, I need to sit down. Like I am exhausted. (laughs) He's like, what do you mean? You're so in shape, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, like I literally feel like I just got a full body massage times like a thousand. And for two days I was so sore, but it was like that feeling of, even though I, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I hate that instructor right now, but I love her the same, <laughs> the same way. Mm-hmm. I was so happy that I did that for myself because it was such a change. And I think also what, I guess what I'm getting at is that whether you're an instructor, you're a trainer, or you're that average person that goes to the gym, people get so used to what they're, what they love to do and what they do that they are, you know, they don't challenge themselves to try something different. But when you do challenge yourself to do something different, it's actually a positive experience because your body goes into that shock mode of like, Whoa, what's going on? You know? Yeah. So, and that's what I experienced last Sunday is like, I totally went into shock in so many different ways. Yes. So that's one of the ways that, you know, taking people out of their comfort zone and kind of introducing something new to you. So like that can be in workouts, that can be in life in general, just kind of what can you do to kind of mix up your routine? So that's great advice. I love that you went to yoga. Did your mind slow down while you went to it? It totally did. Like, wow, is this what it feels like to relax? (laughs) Because I'm always on the go, but in a good way, I'm always on the go. Uh, But no, it was great. It was just what I needed. And I'm actually going back to yoga tomorrow. So it's in my calendar. I'm really excited about it. Um, Yeah. Do you meditate then too? I don't meditate. People ask me that and I haven't... um, I haven't gotten there yet. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I, if I'm there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not saying that I wouldn't want to try it or do it. Um, my, my, I'm the type of person that's just like, I have so much energy. My mind is always racing with things I want to do or like work-wise things I'm doing, or did I connect with that person? It's just, I just go, go, go in a good way. Um, but I also need to learn how to slow down better <laughs> too. So, uh, yeah. So you'd be like, if you were one of my clients, I'd be like, well, this is what people who need to do meditation, just what you're telling me. The go, go, go. <laughs> I could be your guinea pig. I could be one of your new clients. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think it's kind of like, I mean, you can probably speak for this, but I, I truly love what I do. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I'm so fortunate that I can wake up in the morning and go to sleep at night knowing that I love what I do and, and I'm happy with where I'm at and I'm super passionate. And I think those things are so great to know, but it also, it just makes me just want to keep going if that makes sense, you know? So can we talk but, about like, how did you get there in your life? Like, how did yeah. you make it all kind of align and happen? And you were like, just woke up one morning, like, wow, my dreams are here. I've yeah, made sure. 
Um, you know, I, like I said before, I started dancing at a, a very young age. Um, you know, my sister's older than me and she was, she was a dancer as well. Um, so it was probably, I was probably definitely going to have, you know, dance lessons. I think my mom would definitely sign me up because of the fact that she was dancing. Unfortunately, when I was 14 months old though, and I was just learning to walk, my family got into a really bad car accident. We got hit by drunk drivers oh. and I got, I got thrown out of my car seat oh my under gosh. my dad's seat. And I broke my leg in two different spots. Oh. And to this day, actually one of my legs inside is shorter than the other. So oh my gosh. the doctors actually told my parents that I would never walk again. And I was like, just starting to walk. Um, and my parents have been they're such like great supporters. They've always supported my career and, and with what I want to do. And they were the type of parents that were like, you need to tell us what we need to do because she, we, that's not okay for us. Like she's going to walk. So like after lots of physical therapy and, and different things that, you know, the doctors did, um, they said, you know what, she's making progress, put her in something that, um, will keep her active. So they put me in gymnastics at first and I hated it. Like I didn't even last, I think two months. <laughs> and then I literally would just be dancing, following my sister into her dance lessons. My mom was like, we're signing her up. <laughs> so from age three, you know, all the way, like my dance teachers used to tell my parents that they knew that I would be doing something with dance. I was just that kid that was just there connected. I loved it. I was always smiling, loving myself, like in the mirror, like with my pink tights and my black leotard, you know? <laughs> Um, and I started at 10 years old, I started assisting my dance teachers because I also had a love of making up dances and choreographing and helping others. So kind of to make a long story, like too late, I like, you know, I competed, I traveled, I, I was in the dance company growing up. Um, when I was a senior in high school, I had my own class that I was able to teach. I choreographed for our company. Um, and I, I, I left knowing I'm going to go do something with dance. So I went to college. I got a bachelor's of arts degree in dance performance and education. And then I went to New York because I wanted to make it in New York. And um, I auditioned in New York. I, from there, I went on and uh, I toured professionally in a couple shows. And then I got to a place of, I had another injury. So I ended up, I was on a cruise ship dancing and I fractured my foot, um, my fifth metatarsal. So it put me out for, I was lucky. It only put me out for like three months. And then my sister called and she says, hey, I'm moving to Los Angeles. Um, I have a job. The job provides me with an apartment. You going back to New York or, cause I was in New Jersey at my parents' house at the time, or do you want to come with me? And I thought, oh, you know, everybody goes to Hollywood to make it. So, <laughs> hey, I'll take, I'll drive cross country with you. I'll spend a year in LA. So I thought that I would only be here a year and I moved out here with her. And I mean, I literally had it made. I mean, my sister and I are very close, which helps, but she was awesome. I mean, I didn't, I lived rent free, like her job paid for the apartment. I had a car. It was the best thing ever. Um, so I literally just started, you know, I, I showed up to every dance class with every top choreographer I researched and I was blessed because I had saved money touring and I just got into every audition. So I would cross auditions, even though they were agent calls and then I got an agent and, um, I, I mean, after that, I just, it just started working for me. I was really dancing professionally and booking a lot of work. And then that's like what I said before, I felt, I fell into fitness. And when I fell into fitness and, you know, being a dancer in my life and being, you know, on stage and performing, you know, there's an aspect of performing where you're doing something for other people, right? You're giving them a show, you're giving them, you're, you're showing them who you are up on stage or you're showing them another character because dancers act as well. Mm -hmm. And so when I find it, like when I was in LA and I, I felt like, okay, well, the money's running out that I saved. I need to get a job. I don't want a waitress. I don't want to serve. I want to do something with what, I what I've been doing all my life. Um, so I got a teaching job. I was you know, teaching for a woman who 
unfortunately recently passed away, um, Madonna Grimes. She was huge in the fitness industry who became one of my closest friends and mentors. And she, besides auditioning for fitness, she really opened my eyes into the fitness world on the dance side. Because like I said before, people wanted to feel what they would see on TVs or they would see in the Broadway shows. And I was like, wait a minute, with my teaching and my choreography and the fact that I love to perform and I, I loved like being in front of people and with people, like I can do this. I can create something that actually is going to show people that they can learn exactly what I've done on my life, get a great workout, feel great about themselves, relieve stress, escape the worries of the day and totally not be judged mm -hmm. and just be there for them. Mm -hmm. And that's like really, I think I answered your question, but oh, you totally <laughs> did. You're like telling you my whole life story. Um, that's really like how I got into it. And it's like I said before, it's funny how things happen because I couldn't be happier. Like, I love the fact that I take people that are all ages, all shapes and sizes. Some have danced before, some have never danced before, some are professional dancers, and they're in one room together, and we are having the time of our life. Um, and you know, everybody has their story too. Like, I mean, growing up, I had my story and dance also helped me overcome a lot of things. I mean, I was a dancer who went through eating disorders and my parents had issues. So, but dance has always been my savior. Dance has always been my like safe place. So, yeah, that is amazing story. Thank you for sharing lots sure. of perseverance is what I heard throughout the story and just kind of just never giving up and just like, you just kind of went with it and just rolled with the punches, you know, and I love that you just kind of went to LA like on a whim, essentially, like, why not? Yeah. What do I got to lose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I have a very supportive sister too. I mean, like she's my best friend. And so I don't know if I would have been able to get through it all without her. Cause she was the one I'd come home to and be like, these girls are wearing nothing at auditions. And I have like my red leotard on and black jazz pants. And she was the one who was like, we need to go to Melrose and buy you a new wardrobe. And like, not that I wouldn't wear, I mean, I would wear clothes, but like, I mean, I went to a Britney Spears audition once and these girls were in like booty shorts and half tops. And I'm like, okay, this is not New York anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, awesome. I mean, you know, I, I, and I share this too with, with my students or anybody that I talk to is, is, you know, life is too short and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen a minute from now or a second from now even, and don't sit on what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Like, don't sit on what you want to do. Go for what you want to do. And you know what? If you fall down doing it, you learn something from it. And mm -hmm. if you fly doing it, that's amazing. I just, mm -hmm. I, I believe that everybody should just really go for what they want. That is great advice. Love that. So, you know, kind of going with the dance theme, um, I know that, you know, people, well, I love going to dance classes. Um, dancing at home sometimes is fun. Like I'll do it, my, entertain my son as I'm making dinner. He's 11 months old, so he finds it entertaining right now. Probably when he's it. older, he won't find it as entertaining. <laughs> He'll be like, mom. <laughs> exactly. But right now it's kind of fun. So I'm used to live in a small town. And I know in our small town area, we had like no access to dance classes or anything right. like that. You know, what are some recommendations besides, you know, even just doing it at home that you have for people that, you know, can maybe even get a group of girls together or something where they can find that community and, you know, make dance fun. Yeah. No, I mean, if you live in a town where there is a dance studio or a dance fitness studio or a gym, even like, well, everybody has a gym, but the first thing I would say is if you have that, um, go to their, their schedule because, Nowadays, there's usually a dance class on there that is open to all levels. So get into class. I mean, people always say, well, I have two left feet or I've never done this before. It's, I, I, 
always tell people just get in there because if you could just turn the voices off in your head and just go for it. And even if you get one to two steps in that first class, it's a success because the more you keep going and the more you, you try it, you're just going to get better. And then for someone like yourself who lives in a small town, um, you know, besides turning on YouTube, there's free dance workouts. And besides turning on like on demand on your television or getting your at home DVD workout to put in. Yeah. I think getting a group of girlfriends is a totally great idea and inviting them over and whether it's just blasting, putting a, a, a playlist together and blasting your favorite tunes and just being silly and freestyle dancing around the living room um, or putting in a DVD and actually following an instructor. Um, I think that's a great idea as well. Um, I'm trying to think what else, what you could do. I don't know, but like when I clean, I, like my husband and I, we always blast the music and I mean, he doesn't do this, but I'll be dancing around as I'm like vacuuming and dusting and doing stuff. So that's just another way to have fun and be moving and, and grooving. Um, or like grab your buddies and, or your partners or your friends and go out on a Saturday night, find a dance club or find a, a bar that has music and go out dancing. That's another way of doing it. Yes. That's another good idea. Yeah. Cause I, I live in a bigger city now, but growing up, we did not have much, like we had kids that went to, um, we did polka. They had a polka show every Saturday night. And so like, that was what we did for fun. So like that's small town, like you have to be a little outside the box thinker, but it is definitely possible. Yeah. I have, I mean, I, there's a lot of people that follow me that live in small towns and they all have my, like I have dance center eight DVDs available. Um, so what they'll do is either they'll do it at home on their own schedule or they'll like have a set night a week because they've emailed me where like a Wednesday night they'll have like 10 of their girlfriends come over and they'll totally do like a dance center eight party and they'll work out with me um, with their friends. Yeah. It's fun. See mother, if you're listening to this, there you go. (laughs) Yes. Do mom and daughter dancing. I love it. So where should someone start if they're looking to incorporate kind of dance into their fitness routine? So like for me, I love to do yoga and lift weights. Like where do you see dance as fitting into it? Do you see it as like a workout or how do you kind of get people to see dance? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the type of dance you're choosing. If you're doing something like Zumba or any other kind of follow along dance program, um, it's definitely going to be an extra workout. You know, it's more going to be more cardio to add into your, your regimen, um, if you're, I mean, even my dance center program, for example, and there's other choreography programs out there. There's, you know, like, a, like there's hip hop and there's uh, Broadway and there's line dancing, those types, when you're learning more movement for a person that has danced before, it might feel a little bit more on the instructional side, which is still fine because once you learn the routine and then you go all out, like I'm speaking from my DVD is you get a great workout for someone that's a beginner. Um, a choreography program actually could be a really good benefit because not only is dance a great workout for your body, but it's also for your mind. So for someone that is new to it, I mean, this is, goes for someone that's, that, that has done it as well. It just gets your brain working in a different way. But choreography could be a good way to start because you go step by step. Like follow along is literally just repetitive movement, which is still good. But sometimes people say it's a little too fast when they first start. Mm. That's interesting. So like if you're coming into a class as a newbie, do you recommend people, Hey, let's go right in the front row or like, it's okay to be in the back row to kind of follow along with choreography and with people in front of you? That's a good question. Um, you know, if you're a newbie, like I, you know, I'm speaking for myself cause this is the type of instructor that I am. But when I start my class, I always look around to see 
if there's anyone new and if there's someone new. And so if there's an instructor, if you got, if there's instructors out there listening to this podcast, then I hope you do this. And if you don't, please take my advice. But after you welcome your class, um, you look around the room and say, is there anybody new? And usually um, you'll notice who's new, obviously, because you know your regulars. And I literally go up to each person. Like I don't stay at the top of the room. I go up mm. to each person. I put my hand out and I say, hi, what's your name? Are you new to the studio? Are you new to my class? Like you're new to my class. Have you danced before? Just quickly. I take that time quickly, a couple seconds and just get them to feel like, wow, like this girl took some time to speak with me. So they're already feeling a little bit more comfortable than they were when they first walked in. Yes. Um, so now on the flip side, if an instructor, let's say, does not do that and you come into the class and you're new, I would probably suggest that you stand somewhere, obviously where you can see. I don't, I wouldn't advise going to the front row because I don't know, like LA is a little different scene, but people love their spots here. So like you probably <laughs> wouldn't even have the chance to come to the front row, but um, no, but overall I would suggest maybe the second or third row or even like, yeah, hang out in the back. Just make sure you can see. Um, just get the vibe of the class, the instructor, the people, because nine times out of 10, there's a lot of regulars there that they are going to know what's mm -hmm. going on. Um, and then if the instructor did not introduce herself or you feel like she's not going to, or he's not going to go up to the person when you walk in, I know it's intimidating to walk into a new environment. And especially with dance, dance is very intimidating, but say, Hey, I'm Sally and I'm new to this class and I'm excited, but I'm really, really nervous. And hopefully that instructor will give you something mm. on the motivational side to make you feel good um, and, and excited for the class. And then the only other thing that I would recommend is introduce yourself to people, like make friends because um, dance, the one thing about dance does, and a lot of fitness classes do this too. I don't want to say it's just dance, but dance in a dance fitness environment, it really allows people to just people are really being vulnerable in a way, right? You're mm -hmm. like totally like shaking your hips and having the time of your life and whipping your hair back and forth. Yes. So it's fun when you know someone because you're all in it together and no one's judging you. So it's fun to just like turn to your right or your left and say, Hey, like I'm so-and-so, how long have you been taking this class? Da, da, da. Um, and then you'll see like some of your best friends will turn into being your dance friends. Cause that's mm -hmm. what I see when it, when people come to my class, people are just like they have coffee dates after class and they go for lunch and they have birthday clubs. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's a, it's a community. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I love that you acknowledge that it's definitely a vulnerable, you know, can be a vulnerable space. Yeah. I mean, as any fitness, which I, you know, we forget if we've been doing it for a long time, like it's, it's a vulnerable area, but I think dance of any really can be that. Cause I think we always think that we're judging people by looking at people on TV and seeing how good people are. Or even if we go out, you know, with our friends on a Friday or Saturday night, and you see people dancing, you're like, Oh, I'm never that good. I just, I don't, I can't practice. And you know, people kind right. of shut down. So just kind of going into that environment and just knowing this is a welcoming environment. Yeah. So in terms of playlists, cause I know that you have some amazing playlists, how can that change kind of your fitness routine or put you in a good mood? Can it turn off a class or help it kind of get going. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, for example, when you go into a spinning class, cycling class, if the, for me, if the music isn't good, it's <laughs> I'm like, I'd rather instructor play a really good playlist and tell me when I'm working in my body. Cause you know, when you're cycling, like music is everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so with anything, I mean, dance, fitness, whatever, I truly believe that music is key and it, it totally is important with any workout routine. Um, you know, music is the drive and it's the motivation that's going to make you want to get up and move. Mm. And I like to compare it to, it's kind of like when you go to the movies, right? 
and you see a movie and you're sitting on the edge of your seat and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Like you can't wait to know what's going to happen next. And when you're on the edge of your seat, you know that that actor, actress, or whoever's on the screen, the writing, the, the direction is good because you're on the edge of your seat. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the same thing of like, if you're sitting in the car driving and you're stuck in like most horrible traffic ever and that favorite song comes on the radio or that new song that you haven't heard from your favorite artist comes on, your whole mood changes because you're like rocking out to that song. And soon you're thinking, wow, this traffic isn't so bad anymore. Mm. So if you like, you take those kind of comparisons and then you put it into working out. If you go into a class where you're expecting, um, you know, a high energy cardio sculpt class and they play, you know, music that's pretty flat and a very low BPM. And it's like, kind of elevator music. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd want to pick up a weight, right? Where you're like in a hip hop class and it's not a hip hop song. You're like, thank you. I will leave. Yeah. So I definitely think music is so important. I mean, I know for myself when I'm planning a class, um, I really take the time to plan a good playlist because that's what's going to make, besides like the routines and that, that's like the first thing that's going to, I think, get that person connected is music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes. and, you know, not everyone's going to love every song you play, but you have to take that risk. But, and plus, trust me, like my students tell me so, but usually I'm, I'm good. So <laughs> it's good. But every while, every now and then I'll like hear a song and be like, oh, this is such a good song. I can't wait to play it. And then my class will like hate it. And I'll be like, seriously, you guys, I love this song, but it's fine. I click to the next one. You know, oh, I love that. Yes. I, I mean, I think music is because I teach the only, I only do one class that I actually teach and it's a strength training for senior citizens. And I bring music. I'm the only instructor that brings music to them. They love it. Like I play the 1950s because that's what they want. And so they are like jamming out. They're like, oh my gosh, this is such a great song. And they'll try to guess who's singing it. And they're like, do you remember him? And just all the memories. So I think just that music, when you have that good music and you can see them just kind of light up like that. I mean, they're, it wants you to come to class. Like yeah. they want to come because they're like, what is going to play today? Right. And it's also too, like, this is another tip actually for instructors out there is before, like, hopefully you show up to your class a little bit earlier. Or I know sometimes when if there's instructor teaching in front of you, there's, you know, that transition. But the minute, like the first thing you should do when you come into class is put music on. Not, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to necessarily be the music you're playing throughout the hour, but like that hypes people up. That starts, basically starts your show, right? If you think of a performance, you've got like, you know, you've got the, everybody's coming into the theater and sitting down. There's always something going on, whether it's everybody being so loud or some theaters have music. It's setting the stage and starting it off just right. Getting people to come in and walk into the studio where there's like tunes playing and they can bop their head and be like, Hey, how was your weekend? And you know, the energy's just there. So that's another thing that I like to do is just try to get people the minute they walk in to get like motivated and, and, you know, ready to go. That's a great tip. So I know that you've mentioned your DVDs today. Yeah. So what kind of workouts are they and who are they created for? Sure. I have um, three different DVDs. I have um, two different Dance Center 8 DVDs. So my first one is called Dance Center 8, Burn With The Beat. And that one has um, three different workouts on it. So it's got a 25-minute um, sassy jazz type Broadway workout. And then it's got another 25 minutes of hip hop. And then it's got a um, additional workout for your abs and your back. And that DVD is, it's these, all these DVDs actually were geared towards 
all levels and everyone because I don't want to, you know, leave anybody out. And I make sure that each DVD has someone in there with modifications. So if you're a beginner level, you'll follow the person to maybe it was my, I don't remember it, but my right or in the, <laughs> the other level is an intermediate level. And then I'm advanced. And then my second DVD is um, Dance Generate Sassy Jazz and Hip Hop Funk. And that is, I mean, you could do that. It doesn't matter which one dance generate one you do first, but the first dance generate one did so well. And people were like, we want more. So I created another one and it's a 20 minute sassy, another sassy jazz routine. And then a 20 minute hip hop funk. And then, um, a bonus 15 minute dancer stretch, which I've gotten really good feedback on. It's literally just a like literally stretching the dancer's body. And again, for anyone, you don't have to be a dancer to do either of those DVDs. And then my third one um, is called Your Sexy Everything, uh, Booty, Legs, and Thighs. And that's a whole lower body workout. And it's split up into five, six, seven, eight. So there's a five-minute routine, a six-minute routine, seven, and eight. Um, so what you'll see on there is you'll have a Tabata workout and you'll have your thigh workout and you'll have calves and you'll have your booty workout. So there's a lot on there. And then there's also, there's also core on there. And that was really designed for, again, anyone can do it. You don't have to be a dancer, but the exercises are fitness exercises, but they have a dance flair on it. So, um, really about toning to be an athletic dancer. Um, but it's hardcore. Like it's, there's no, it, it's not a, there's no joke in that one. Um, so yeah, those are my three DVDs and they're also available on digital downloads. So you can grab them off my website or they're on Amazon. And then also if like, you don't want to buy a DVD and you just want it to your iPad or your phone or your computer, you can download them. But, um, they're fun. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. I know I watched a little bit on your YouTube channel and I was like, Oh, this looks fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you also have cute merchandise. So I do. What inspired you to kind of create it in the apparel line? You know, it's funny. I, my mom actually, like, even though she knew I wanted to be a dancer and loved to dance, she always thought I would do something with fashion because I always just loved like designing when I was little and putting, playing dress up and doing all that stuff. And, um, you know, another big thing that I stress to my students and throughout my program is that dancers dress the part. Mm -hmm. So like, this is another actually good tip. If I rewind and go back to your other question of like a tip, if you're starting, you know, to go into a dance class is dress the part, like wear something that you feel cool in, or you feel sexy in, or you feel hip and stylish because it will totally help you get into whatever genre of dance you're going to do. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, it's, I, I worked with, I was sponsored with Reebok for uh, a couple years. And when I worked with them, they were creating their first dance line, their, their dance line. And I got, um, I got pulled into a group of girls. There was about seven of us. There was a couple from international and the rest of us were from the United States. And we got, we got pulled in by Reebok to basically fine tune the dance line and help them really hone in on like what consumers want, what they don't want, um, fix like the shoe if there's a problem, like the pivot point, things like that, because we're with the consumer every single day. So working with Reebok and being a part of that um, that line was so amazing and so much fun. And I learned so much that after that line launched, I, you know, was wearing all the clothes and, um, even wearing my own stuff. And, um, when I say my own stuff, like, you know, stuff I would buy. And my students constantly said to me, like, where do you buy your workout stuff? Like, I want that. I want that. And then I say these funny things in classes, like you'll thank me later or take the chance. Don't fear it. Or, uh, leave it on the dance floor. I mean, they're not all funny, but some of them are also <laughs> inspirational. And, I just kept, I thought to myself, wow, like 
I should put it on a shirt. Like I should put these sayings mm-hmm. that I say, they're like, people say they're like Elise isms mm-hmm. and put them on a shirt. So I kind of just like took the stuff that I had learned with Reebok and, um, it just asked lots of questions to people that I knew had done this kinds of stuff before. And I went to downtown LA and I, um, you know, found shirts that I liked. And then I worked with a designer and yeah, I just put lots of stuff together and, um, it's been fun. It's, it's fun to go into a room full of people and you see, like, you see your shirts, you see them wearing them and you see them rocking it out or their pants and it's, it's exciting. And then I actually just recently, um, designed some more new stuff. They're not online yet, but they will be, um, in the next couple of months for my dance Cinerate brand. So yeah, that's, it's exciting. I love oh, it. That's so cool. So those so, are my site too, my website as well. Yeah, no, will you uh, share with us your website? Yeah, so it's elisebaker.com. It's I-L-Y-S-E-B-A-K-E-R.com. And yeah, if you go on my website, you just click the shop button and you'll see all my DVDs and there's links to kind of see like a 30 second trailer so you can get see the vibe of it. And then you could also shop for shirts on my website. And is there any social media that you like to hang out on? That you want oh to my God. I love social media. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm literally like on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, on YouTube, Pinterest. So <laughs> you can pretty much, it's all on my website, but you can find me on Instagram, like my full name, Elise Baker, Twitter, the same thing. Facebook is Elise Baker Dance Cinerate. Um, and then Pinterest is Elise Baker too. But if you, like I said, if you go to my website, it's all, it's all there. Perfect. But yeah, definitely everyone that's listening, I love connecting with people. So please feel free to, you know, find me on social media or even email me through my website and um, let me know if there's anything I can do for you because I would love to love to connect. Yes. And I'll put all those in the show notes as well. So if people okay. are wondering, and then I can connect that there. Great, so I know you. you also run a 90 day pop-ups. So what are these 90 day pop-up events? Like they sound so fun. Oh, they're 90 minute pop-ups. Oh, 90 day. <laughs> I wish they were 90, 90 days. Day, but yeah. <laughs> 90 day. I know. I actually, I just like saw that you had emailed me that and I just actually, I, I skipped <laughs> over that until you just said it. Um, so my 90 minute pop-up. So during the week, my students, when they come to my classes, they're 60 minutes. So I, once a month, I find a different studio in a different city in California in right now, pretty much in just Southern California. And I rent the space for 90 minutes and I invite my following, like I set it up as an event and I invite my following to come on a Sunday. I pick a different Sunday of each month and we literally rock it out for 90 minutes. We, we dance for 90 minutes. And the, the great thing about it is, is that they get 30 minutes extra with me. So, um, two things happen basically, well, for more than two things happen, but they learn more choreography, which makes them, you know, more advanced and more versatile because I always try to change the style in those events like I do during the week. And they also, you know, they get an even better workout. Um, and then the other exciting thing I said too, but there's so much more, so I shouldn't have numbered it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the other exciting thing is, is that because we're in different cities each time is it gives that person who's coming a different place they're going to. So it's somewhere new. So literally, which actually you wouldn't think about, but it totally triggers your brain because it's like changing your spot in class when you're so used to something. It like totally triggers your brain. So that puts a different vibe on the event. And then each event brings in different people because depending on what city I'm in, there's some people that follow me wherever. And then there's some people that just wait until I pop up in that city and then they meet more friends. So the community grows even more, which is really fun. And, and I always, I have a twist on each one too. Like I'll have, um, 
like for example, I have like this month, I have one on Sunday, I have Kind Bar sponsoring it. So I'll have snacks for everybody. Um, last month I had Pop Chips sponsor it. And then over the holidays, I did like a three hour event. We did 90 minutes of dance. And then I had like six different vendors of like jewelry and handbags and clothing. And it was like a whole shopping event. So everybody danced for 90 minutes and then they got to hang out with their friends and shop for the holidays. So I always try to like put a twist on it just to keep it exciting and fun for, and different from what they get during the week. Um, and it's fun. And like, I've been, I actually did one, um, well, I would say, I guess last year, cause it's now 2017, but I did one in Denver and I did one in New Jersey and I'm hoping wow. to hit some more cities this year because, um, it's just fun. Like it's fun going to different cities and seeing, you know, meeting new people and seeing what, how they, seeing how they experience dance scenery and, and myself, like it's, it's just so cool. So that's fun. You yeah. have to come to Minneapolis. That's where I I'm would love at. to. Yeah. Have you been here? I have. I actually, one of the tours that I did professionally was Sesame Street Live oh, back in the day and their headquarters are in Minneapolis. So we rehearsed oh, for funny. a month there. Yeah. It's like avoid it maybe in the winter, but the rest of the year. It's I know okay. it's freezing. And then I worked for another fitness company called Wellbeats that is virtual fitness. So basically like if, if you're in a gym, um, they have these screens and a kiosk. Yes. Have yes. you seen those? Yep, They're I have. so cool. So like if you, let's say you missed your fitness class and you come in at 12 o'clock and you rent the space, you can put on the kiosk, I want to work out with Elise or somebody else. And then the screen comes down and you rock out right there in the studio. That's so, so they They're in Minneapolis as, as well. So no, I've been there in the cold. It's, it's freezing. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so. so we're kind of wrapping up now. I got the last couple questions for you. Um, the one I always like to ask everyone since we're on the peaceful power podcast, mm -hmm. what does peaceful power mean to you? Peaceful power. Um, such a, like, I love that like phrase, by the way, mm -hmm. you know, I peaceful power to me means just really believing in yourself and listening to your gut and not letting anything else influence you and making sure that you're really staying true to yourself. And with that is, like I said, in the way beginning, is just finding that time, that me time that you could sit down, whether it's three times a week, or I would love it if it's every day mm -hmm. and just giving yourself that self-love and always telling yourself that you're incredible and unstoppable and beautiful. And that just to me gives so much peace to your mind and your body and so much power to just know that you could do whatever you put your mind to doing. Yes, that is great. And then my final question, what weekly challenge would you like to give the listeners? Oh, I think really going on what I just said is take the time for yourself. And mm -hmm. if you do it now, if you already are do that weekly, then find more time for yourself. So if it's five minutes, give yourself 15 minutes. And with that, taking your time for yourself, commit to doing something different mm. each week, trying something new. Love that. Yeah. Perfect. Getting outside that comfort zone. Yes. I'm all about outside the comfort zone. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you today, Elise. You're welcome. This has been so much fun. And again, everyone that's listening, thanks for having me. Andrea, thanks for having me. And um, please reach out because I would love to connect with all of you. Perfect. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the Peaceful Power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.